everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we're going to be doing a play-by-play of what happened at Miss America 2022. For those who may not have seen Miss America, this year it was done very, very different. And, you know, I'm I'm all for change. I'm cool with revamping things. But I felt like this year, Miss America wasn't a pageant anymore. It was a full-blown, live, two-hour showing of someone getting a job. While that's great, yes, pageants are all about, are you ready for this job? How are you going to represent our organization? Like, what is that going to look like if you win our title? And, you know, I love seeing you in an on-stage evening gown or an on-stage question or a talent or a swimsuit or a fun fashion or just substance. Having that fun, colorful brightness behind the pageant really makes a difference. And watching Miss America, it just felt gray. It felt really just not Miss America anymore. And like the Miss America that I remember is when I was five watching it on TV and just, oh, the glitz and the glam and how beautiful they were. And just that was, you know, what it was back then. And I am all for, you know, women empowerment and being boss women. Like I am for it, but this has seems like it's not even a pageant anymore. Pageantry is the elegance when you walk, how you talk, how you hold yourself. I don't understand why they still couldn't have evening gown or even fun fashion runway, (laughs) like just something of substance. So that was just really hard to grasp after the fact of watching Miss America this year. But I wanted to start with something about Miss America that people may not know. After Miss America this year, there was a lot of rumblings of, well, what what even is this anymore? What happened? What's going on? And that's what this podcast is, this episode is about, is kind of explaining what it seems like they're going to do next and where it's headed. And just giving you a play-by-play of what exactly happened, because it was, it was a 180 from anything that I have ever seen Miss America do before. Starting off, instead of how they would normally do it, starting with calling the states, having, you know, A to Z, all of them introduce themselves, and then they all stand on stage, and then they call the top 10. Oh, no, they did not do that this year. They had gotten the top 10 scores. Then they took the other 40 girls who did not make top 10, unfortunately, and they divided it by eight. So then they had groups of 10. So they took two from the top 10 group and put it in with that group of eight girls that did not make top 10. And they did that for five groups. So they randomized bringing people on stage. So they started with, I don't even know who, if it was like North Dakota or something. And then it was like Colorado and Utah and South Carolina and then New York and just random states in a group together. And so it opened room for a lot of confusion of, well, did they compete against those 10 girls? Did they compete against all 50 girls? Like, what what happened here? And Julia Heron, uh, Miss South Carolina America, had done a Miss America Q&A, send in a question and I'll answer it. And so I, of course, you know, hopped right on that because I wanted to get the facts. What went down and why was it done this way? And she answered my question. It was one of the first few questions that she answered during her live interview. And she explained it just like that. They had the top 10, 
They took the last, the rest of the 40 girls, divided by eight, put the other two in there, and then sent out, you know, the first 10, took the top two girls out of that group, got them off stage, took the next 10, took two girls out of that, and they did that until they had their top 10 on stage. I just wish they would have explained that a little bit more before they did it, if they just said, because they said, okay, we're going to pick the top two out of this group of 10 ladies. Yes, they are the top two. However, they are making the top 10 out of 50. So it almost made it seem like they were only competing against those 10 girls. So it was just really confusing to start off. And that's just, you know, you don't want to start off with confusion. You want to be very transparent and explain what's going on. And so I think next time, if they would just be more transparent and explain like, hey, this is what's going, this is how it's happening, it wouldn't have had any room to create those confusing thoughts for the viewers. And right off the bat, it was a lot easier to watch Miss America than it was Miss USA. Like, Getting ready to watch Miss USA this year, I was screaming and running around my house because I don't have cable, and so I couldn't get the FYI channel, so then I had to get a Hulu Live one-week pass, and it it was a lot. So, like, with Miss America, I just downloaded the Peacock app, and boom, there was Miss America. I didn't have to pay anything. It was free. So, that was something that I really did you know, praise them for was how easy it was to watch Miss America this year. After we started watching it, The very awkward beginning went on, but I noticed, because I know they're in Connecticut again, the stage was so small and dark, and it was hard to see these girls. They had a bright white spotlight on them, but no one else at at any point was ever on the stage together unless it was like the beginning where it was the top, those top girl, 10 girls, that was it. But I just did not like how they cut it down from that. The first 10, when they took the two out of the group, seemed so cutthroat. It did feel like a live job interview, the entire pageant, which yes, Miss America, this is a job you are interviewing to be Miss America. But I feel like that's how your private interview is, keyword private. The judges are supposed to interview every one of the girls and then they pick from their private interview at the best interview, you know. It seemed like they took this entire pageant and made it just a big live job interview. It was a very interesting thing because I went in, you know, after they had their whole debacle a few years ago and they had to, the CEO resigned and they had a lot of issues. They hired a new lady as a CEO. Her name is Chantelle Krebs. I think I'm saying that right. She was a former Miss South Dakota in 1997. She's a businesswoman and she was elected the 28th South Dakota Secretary of State and she previously served at the South Dakota House of Representatives in the South Dakota Senate. I don't really know how she got this job. Like, I'm going to be honest, like, I, I cannot figure out what, if she was on a board previously and that's how they hired her or what that deal was. Um, I know that she was, you know, like I said, the former Miss South Dakota 1997. Uh, she stated in an article that the skills and scholarship that she gained from the Miss America organization helped her to shape her life personally and professionally, and she's excited to be a part of empowering the next generation of influential, exceptional young women. That's great. (laughs) I just, I didn't know if she was on a board or something before, because she is just the interim president and CEO, but after seeing is a businesswoman, I... I was like, that's great. I'm happy. I'm all supporting women in business. That's amazing. Like, I have a I have a business background. Like, I totally understand it. But I feel like if she was Miss South Dakota, she would know how a pageant looks. And I get we're all for this 2.0. And that's great. I'm 
I'm happy for change, but this year was just very, very different. So after they called the top 10, uh, this year I didn't, I couldn't even pick them fast enough to tell you what all my favorite picks were because they were all out of order. It was really, really confusing. But I know the ones that I did write down, I had put uh, Maryland. She was in the Navy and I thought she was really smart. Ohio, confident and pretty is what I put down. They were coming out so fast. I couldn't even write notes on these people, but I had South Carolina, North Carolina, Alaska, Hawaii, New Jersey, Iowa. She made me laugh because her saying said there are more pigs than people in their state. And that was, that was pretty, that was pretty good. Pennsylvania, Illinois, Mississippi, Kentucky, Louisiana, Alabama, Rhode Island, Oklahoma, California, District of Columbia. She was also in the Navy and Virginia and Texas. As you can tell, All of those were so randomized and out of order, so I was also very confused writing these down. I was like, why is this person out first? Very confused. Out of that list that I picked, I got Illinois, District of Columbia, Alabama, Texas, and that was it. So I picked four out of the ten. I take that back. Five out of ten. I had Alaska. So that was, you know, five out of ten. That's pretty good for this one. It was just a lot going on in the beginning that I was more focused on trying to understand what the heck just happened before I could pick for their top ten. So their top ten immediately went into talent. And talent was a very interesting process as well. They never really said what they were doing. They just said, okay, here's contestant one. And then they played a TikTok video. And I'm all for, you know, it's a new day and age. Social media is such a big thing now, and having TikTok on there, it was really interesting. I kind of liked it. I didn't mind it. But the girls had to make a TikTok about their social impact statement. And one of them that stuck out was Texas. Texas had a really good social impact statement. And her TikTok video was very well thought out, very great. But I wish that we could go back and watch those videos because they were so interesting. And they're probably out there on uh, TikTok, if you just looked up like Miss Alabama or Miss New York, North or New York or Miss Alaska or Massachusetts, they're probably out there. But before they did their talent, they did that. So that kind of gave us like, okay, number one is coming out is New York. But they never said like, she's doing this or she's doing that or what song, nothing. Didn't say any of that. But she did, Miss New York came out and she did a killer monologue. It was phenomenal. And my notes were literally all caps, killer monologue. And she did an amazing job. Like the best monologue I think I have ever seen in a pageant. Next we had Alaska and she was singing and it was, I mean, it was good. There was nothing, nothing wrong with it. I put on my chart that it would have been about a six or seven out of 10. Next they had Illinois and she did violin and it was so entertaining. That's the one good thing about um, girls that'll take those talents where they can move with their instruments and make it very entertaining for the viewers. That was such a good job that Illinois did. Massachusetts, she did a dance and it was really great. She had beautiful leaps, long leg stretches. Like it was really good. So I gave her a seven out of 10 on that too. Um, Oregon, she did the piano and sang at the same time, which I think is very impressive that she could do both of those in the first place because I don't have a musical bone in my body. Cannot sing. Absolutely not. So she killed that. Alabama. I was very confused. In the lineup, they skipped her and they didn't ever explain like, oh, Miss Alabama has a thing that we have to put on stage. Like didn't explain anything. So I was like, did they just skip Alabama? Like what's going on here? Moving right along, they did District Columbia and she also sang and she could do 
beautiful long drag notes while she sang. Like, it was really nice. It was so good. And then Florida did an acro dance. And she, I wrote down next to it, turns out the door. Because she did eight turns and then did a triple pirouette out of her turning sequence and I was I was already clapping on turn four I was like yes ma'am like this is amazing she can't hear me but I am clapping for you girl all the way from North Carolina and then Utah who was one of my favorites who I didn't write her down in my lineup of people I I just I missed an entire group in there because there was just so much going on I really liked Utah I was hoping that she would be in the top two she was who I was really rooting for, and she did a theatrical song, and it was by far the best singing talent that I had seen at Miss America all night. It was the best. Then they had Texas, who she did, I don't know if it was a fiddle or a violin, I could not figure it out, but it was a little offbeat in the beginning, but I think the music was too loud, but It was very entertaining as well. Illinois and Texas did such a great job about having, like, an entertaining thing. And then, also, they came back to Alabama again, and she actually did her talent twice because they had to bring out almost, it looked like a foot pedal where she had to change, she was doing an electric violin, so she had to, like, change it being electric or not. I don't know what the heck was going on. Um, But she did her talent twice because the first time, You couldn't hear her at all. Her music was like 110% volume. Like, could not hear it. But it was also very entertaining to watch twice. And the second time, you could actually hear it a little bit better. But it was still really good. Like, she just made it so entertaining to watch that I didn't even care that her violin, you couldn't hear it. She was just so entertaining. So after top 10, they moved right along into the top 5. They had all the girls come back out and stand. And top 5 was Alabama. New York, Massachusetts, Oregon, and Alaska. And for the top five, they had them out on stage in their private interview attire. So when they interviewed previously in the week, they just wore that outfit on stage again, which I do like being able to see that interview outfit because they spend so much money on it and you don't get to see it normally if they don't have like this sort of portion where they have them do another interview on stage. And the interview that they had them do on stage was, I mean, rapid fire questions. It was so intense, but I honestly appreciate it because as Miss, as a candidate at Miss America, you should be able to answer these questions about your platform left and right, like no excuses. You should be able to just snap a finger and answer it. And for Alabama, her social impact statement was about balancing technology in our lives and saying technology is a tool and that needs to be integrated and learned as a curriculum in schools to have a positive way for children to see it. And through that, they, I mean, immediately rapid fire question. And they were asking her, how do you balance that with teens mentally? And it was talking about never be afraid of talking about the value of technology with teens and how they should, you know, promote it in a healthy, positive way. And that's the best way to, you know, help teens mentally with that. And she said, as Miss America, she had brought forward a balanced uh, strategic plan to market with the partnerships that she would like to have through her social impact statement. They also asked her about um, diversity forward, like what would that look like with Miss America? And she said, um, diversity, inclusion, and equal opportunities, women can be strong too. And she oh had this huge like statement about, you know, women CEO, and that's how it connected to her next question. It said, how does it connect with 
um, the Miss America organization. And she talks about uh, professional development being brought to Miss America and how that kind of strategic plan will help, you know, promote that diversity forward and help with the development of Miss America as a person. Next, they had New York and her social impact statement was about children in sports, creating an environment for children. And she told a story about um, the team that she helps out with. And they asked her a question about participation trophies. And she said, it's still useful to give them as almost like to give the child the satisfaction of being proud of themselves. Like, I did something bigger than myself. I completed this goal. Like, this was amazing. And it's not that she was trying to say, like, oh, you should just give them to everyone. She's like, no, like, some kids need that, you know, little bit of confidence boost that helps them to the next thing. Then they also asked her about adult sports for men and women and the her thoughts on the level of pay. And she mentioned that the media only shows 4% of women's sports and that they should deserve, that they do deserve more respect and they should show more of those sports. They asked her how does she encourage her children that she coach to stay in the sport? Like, how does she encourage them? And she said she always tells them to give her just one more week. She's like, I will change your mind. Just give me one more week. And she has had a huge, cute little successful story about that with one of the girls that on her soccer team that she was coaching. Next, we had Miss Massachusetts, and they, again, rapid-fire questions. But they asked her, like, how do you inspire students to have their own beliefs different from their parents? And she said that by teaching them to, you know, step into their own beliefs and not have just these echo chambers around them, and having different people, like, having conversations with different people will help decide for them, like, what they do and do not like. And just hearing the facts, trying to understand, you know, what they should believe themselves rather than just hearing what other people have told them for years is what they should believe. Then they asked her about lowering the age of voting to 16. And she said, we call our younger generation the leaders of tomorrow. This will help them be more engaged and ready. And I don't really know how I feel about that because I know at age 16, I still am not a huge political person. I do not like to talk about politics. That's just one of those things that you don't talk about at the dinner table. But I just, I don't know if I agree with that answer. That's just, you know, everyone has their own opinions. Absolutely. I believe, yes, we, the younger generation are the leaders of tomorrow. But I don't believe at 16 that I would have been ready to vote in my first primary or any sort of election. I just don't think I would have been, you know, mentally able or ready, level of maturity to do that yet. Like, and how it was challenging. And they asked her, like, as Miss America 2022, what is something that you can help, you know, through this pandemic? And she said adapting to today's times kind of showed her how to be quick at adapting to adapting around her, and that change is not a bad thing. It's easily done. Next, we had Oregon. Her social impact platform was about keeping youth from slipping through the cracks, and she talked about hearing people's stories, and everyone deserves kindness and pays it pay attention to the signs around you, and she talked about um, her mother was Miss Portland, and just kind of talked about following in her footsteps. One of the judges had brought that up. And she was talking about at one of the prelims. I can't remember if it's one that she won or one that she was just at. I think she had been trying and competing and just had not won yet. 
And the previous Miss Oregon had stepped in and told her that that she will make her moment. And then she was talking about her biracial heritage and how she can kind of use that and talking about respecting and coming together and listening and celebrating little moments like that in her life is something that she has been excited about. And they asked her, how would you take Miss America into the next hundred years? And she said, with hope and so much good to come. Finally, we had Alaska and her social impact statement was about being transparent and vulnerable on social media. And they talked about, you know, with her, like, what is some like oversharing or are you not sharing enough? Like, how is that like? And she said, I want to show everyone that they're just like me and I'm just like them. And she wants to be relatable. And she said that being Miss America it's not an unattainable thing. And she was talking about how she has OCD and she's ADHD. She was talking about all the different like misconceptions of ADHD and talking about, you know, some girls find themselves being daydreamers, but usually that's one of the telltale signs of having ADHD. So it's really interesting hearing that. So I'm going to have to go check out her TikTok because that's where she had been, you know, most on social media was TikTok and sharing these videos because that's just it's almost like a storytelling app nowadays. So I'll definitely have to check that out on what she had to say on there. Okay, immediately then, they brought all five girls back out and they knocked it down. They took the fourth runner-up and the third runner-up immediately. And so fourth runner-up was Oregon and third runner-up was New York, which I was so confused because they're in their interview outfits. They're not in their evening gowns. They haven't even walked in evening gown yet. I was very, very weird. So they had already calculated their talent and then broke them down to the five immediately, obviously. And then they did the onstage interview and then immediately called fourth and third place. So I was confused. Then they announced, all right, all of the scores are being thrown out. Nothing matters anymore. It comes down to this final question. They called it the Miss America Real Life Question Challenge. And I was like, okay, this should be interesting. And so the top three were Alabama, Massachusetts, and Alaska. So the question that they asked Alabama... These questions came from the judges, and the judges were previous Miss Americas. So the first judge had an issue or an incident that happened during her reign as Miss America, and this question stemmed from it. The next one, so forth, and the last judge that Alaska had, they just said this was an example. This had never happened, but it could happen, which I felt was a a little unfair to the other girls because those were real life things that had happened to people. And I get, you know, we want to have examples to everything, but if it's going to be a Miss America real life challenge, shouldn't it have already happened to a Miss America? So then they can talk about, you know, the different outcomes that could have came of that. But when you hear Alaska's question, you'll understand. So Alabama, they asked her, the lady was, gave her story. The judge that said, when she was Miss America, she had to testify for something in front of Congress or in front of a jury, and the opposing party called her to try and sway her speech that she was giving the next day. How would you handle that? And Miss Alabama, amazing answer, said she would stick to what, to what you know is right, what you prepared, and do not let others change you. Hold to your own purpose and share what you know is right. Like, it was straightforward answer and it was spot on great answer from Alabama then Massachusetts got her question and her question came from a actual thing that happened to this Miss America that was a judge and Miss the Miss America judge said 
I was going to an event and I had a stalker my year as Miss America and my stalker was at this event and he had made threats towards her but the local authorities couldn't do anything for her. Do you still do this appearance or do you cancel it was basically her question. Massachusetts answered and said, well, your safety is the most important. You should talk to your security that is with you and try to come up with a plan if something were to happen. Because, you know, she could have done the entire appearance and nothing ever happened. But if she would have canceled it, you would have never known. You never want to put yourself, obviously, in a place to have something negative happen towards you. But you are Miss America, and if there's a room of 400 cute little smiling faces waiting to see you, you don't want to disappoint. That's just, it's really hard. So the girl, it was a really, like, double-edged sword answer. Like, it could go one of two ways. But it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. But it was really a hard question to answer. Then they had Alaska's question, and this was just an example of something that could happen, which I felt was a little unfair. I feel like it should have been something like the other two that had happened in the past. But her question was, say you're at an event with a major sponsor and this sponsor is a male and he had made bad comments and sexual advances towards you, what would you do? And she said, as a woman, I am never going to let someone treat me like an object. I would speak with him and have a conversation about my concerns with him. And I agree. That is a great question. But the one thing (laughs) that one of my friends had Snapchat me The only thing she had learned from Miss America was that men are trash. And it was honestly so sad that this is how they did that question. I just, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, it is is a question that is definitely, you know, is a great question. It is a great question. She answered it perfectly. But I just felt like it was, it wasn't fair. It should have been something like the other girls' questions that had seriously already happened. Yes, that is something that could possibly happen in the future. You never know. But I feel like that is something once you win Miss America, these are scenarios that they should put you in, you know, just like role-playing in a, in a confined space, not a serious situation that this is actually happening. And you go through those issues then. This whole question top three process kind of just threw me off guard because again, they're still in their interview outfits. They've never walked evening gown. They, the only time they ever wore their evening gowns was for the introduction. That was also a lot going on there. So after they did the real life questions, they went and they put their evening gowns on for the calling of the winner, first runner up and second runner up. And during that time, they had Camille Schreier come on and do her final walk, which this was different than it has ever been. She didn't actually walk. She stood on stage and said her speech and normally they have it as an over sound and you walk and there's music and your family's there and you're crying there's flowers you know the typical evening gown walk it was just really interesting you didn't hear anything that was going on during her walk or during her speech but it seemed to have such like a political purpose behind it which I was surprised because normally you say like this year I worked with the USO and I did this and I was so happy to go this many miles is Miss America and you know the positives not really talking about all these political things that took place like I just I get yes we just finished a pandemic absolutely I would mention that this year as Miss America has been very different being in a pandemic xyz not having the whole 
political agenda behind it. It was just, it was very interesting. If you haven't seen that one, definitely look it up on YouTube. Somebody probably posted it out on YouTube too. But after that, they had all of the contestants come back on stage and they were all wearing these rebel athletic outfits. And I know the teens had them sponsor their fitness outfits at Outstanding Teen for their fitness competition. But if we're going to take away swimsuits from Miss America, why are we on stage in athletic wear? You didn't do athletic wear. You didn't even do evening gown. What is going on here? I get if Rebel is a huge sponsor, you have a big old sponsor ad for them in the page, in the book. It was just really, really weird. Like, I, they wore them during the week at Miss America is what it looked like according to Instagram, where they were taking pictures in it. They were really cute. They're fully rhinestone. They're adorable. But it was just very... Very random, very weird. So after that, all the girls were now back in their evening gown. So then you could actually see what they wore for evening gown because you didn't see them walk in it. And they went immediately to calling out who was first runner up and it was, or I'm sorry, second runner up. And it was Massachusetts, which after her question at the end, she definitely was going to get second runner up. I thought she was going to win the whole thing. But then her question, that situational question was weird. Then... Alabama was first runner-up, and Alaska won. And I I had to laugh because Miss America, it was a huge deal. They were getting $100,000 scholarship. Like, that is insane. That is the most scholarship that I have ever heard any pageant ever give out. But she also, you know, gets a salary and also gets, you know, housing and a whole team to help her during the entire year. So, like, that's this is on top of that. When the girl was calling her as, oh, Miss America is Miss Alaska, she said she gets a $1,000 scholarship towards her education. Did she just say $1,000? She's getting a 100000 Come on, guys. It was the little ball drops. I was like, no, like, this is such a big deal for their organization. Like, you can't mess that up. You just can't. Um, but after that, they, uh, I was really impressed. It was amazing. They did a Miss Congeniality on stage. It was Miss Maine, but I had a feeling they had mentioned that, like, I think she couldn't be there. She was sick or something, and then this year for the 100th Miss America, they had a gold crown and sash, and I, I love gold, so, like, it was beautiful. It was so exciting, and it was just such an interesting way to have seen Miss America done. I wasn't mad at it, There was, you know, of course there's kinks. You're on live television. There's going to be things that go wrong. But it was definitely a huge transition year that no one was ready for or expecting. And I just think it was interesting. I can't wait to have some of the Miss America contestants on the podcast soon so you can hear firsthand what it was like for them that week. Because I want to say Julia mentioned on her live it was eight days And she talked about how afterwards she slept for, like, two days straight. And she had over 2,000 messages. Like, people just, like, you know, telling them that she loved her and they are praying for her. And it was so great. And she's amazing. And she's done so good as Miss South Carolina already. Like, I I can only imagine, you know, the love and support people are getting, you know, from being in that organization. It's amazing, especially the scholarship money out of it. That is one of the biggest things about doing the Miss America organization pageants is the scholarship. And it's amazing. It really is rewarding. I mean, I definitely reap from that benefit too. I got, I think it was like $1,500 from Miss, just showing up at Miss South Carolina. 
just showing up. It was amazing. I was very thankful for that. It definitely helped towards my college education. But just one thing that I want to say while we're wrapping this up is I'm still a little shocked. I'm I'm not angry and I'm no means bashing Miss America at all. I still respect the organization. It's just this was a change that no one was expecting or I think ready for. And so it really, you know, kept us all on our toes the entire time for sure. But I'm just excited to hear firsthand from these contestants, you know, coming up on the next few episodes, how it was for them. Because I know as, you know, everyone in America watching, everyone has a different perspective. Everybody has a different opinion. And, you know, by all means, everyone is so welcome to, you know, tell their opinion. And this was just my opinion. None of this. Miss America doesn't even know who I am. (laughs) This is just my solely play-by-play. I feel like this has turned into almost like a sporting, and I feel like this is one of those, like, you know, ESPN updates, so it's kind of funny now, but I'm glad that Alaska won. I think she's amazing. I've, you know, done my research up on her and looked her up now that she has won Miss America. I did not see it coming by all means. I definitely am sad to see that Utah did not make it higher than she did as well as Texas. I really liked both of those and Desert Columbia. I liked those three a lot. I was really sad to not see them higher up as well as New York. I thought she would have been in the top three. Well, guys, I'm so glad that we could sit down and talk about what all happened at Miss America 2022. Now, since it is episode 10. I am so thankful for all of you that have been listening so far and giving your love and support. I truly appreciate it and never did I think that this was something I was actually going to be able to do and here we are 10 episodes in. With that being said, I wanted to do something a little extra special for the 10th episode. So I will be doing a giveaway. If you head over to my Instagram, caseygibson.official, C-A-S-E-Y-G-I-B-S-O-N dot official, on Instagram, you will see the rules, the terms and conditions, and what all is being given away. The rules are, you must be following my Instagram page at caseygibsonofficial. You have to like the post that I had done for the giveaway and reshare that post on whether it's your Instagram story or your Facebook page. You can also find this giveaway on Facebook at Casey Grace Gibson on Facebook. Just throwing that in there. And also, you have to comment and tag three of your friends. You can do anything for the comment you want. You can just say hi. You can just tag three friends. You can give me an idea for another episode for the podcast. It is free reign. But this does end next Monday evening. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at caseygibson.official. And again, thank you guys so much for listening and supporting this podcast. And you know, whatever happens in the future, guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys. Bye.